Glenn. Glenn, is that you? I, I hear Mike. you. Yeah, Mike, it's me. I, I'm in this cardboard box. I, I'm stuck. No. Why? How? I, I I got bored and I made a maze in this cardboard box, but I I can't do the spoiler announcement even though people can hear me clearly. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to need you to do it. This is a disaster. I know. <sighs> the following podcast contains spoilers for Dave Made a Maze. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, if we can find him, the crazy man, Miguel Magusta. Oh. I just broke out of the cardboard box. That's, That's what that sound was. Nothing like yelling, bruh, at the top of your lungs to break <laughs> out of a maze. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. It's a little, it's a little toasty in my room, but, you know, yeah, I'm over It's a little it. toasty in my basement. Mm-hmm. This is like... The second to last podcast I'll be recording in my basement, and then I'll have my own little movie room office area. I'm, I'm so ready for you. It's I am insane. so ready as well. I, I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, what uh, what movies have you watched this week? I took a little break from the two crazy weeks that I just had. Yes. Um, more because I was doing a lot of like editing and stuff like that and kind of got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been on this Bill Burr kick this like last week. Amazing human being. It's funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched three of his specials, uh, Paper Tiger, um, Sorry You Feel That Way, and Walk Your Way Out. All r- so freaking hilarious. It's insane. I've watched a bunch of other YouTube things and such like that. Um, after that, I watched Shang-Chi with you. And then, of course, I watched A Dave Made a Maze. Yes. Which yes. we will talk about. What did you watch, you I silly I watched a few man. things. Before I, I go on what I watched, have you seen his... Uh, Bill Burr's animated show F is for Family. I was going to start watching it at some point this week, but uh, yeah. I have not gotten to it yet before, no. It takes, at least for me, it took a while to get into it, mm-hmm. but then I got into it and I really enjoy it. But I go through that same thing every week where I'm just like, do I really just want to listen to Bill Burr yelling? Because that's essentially yeah. all it is, which, you know, it's fine, but you have to be prepared for him you gotta yelling. you got to be in that mindset. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great show. It has probably one of the funniest things ever with uh, someone going too far with a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't go into any more detail than that. Uh, but I watched four movies. Oh, there you go. Uh, first one I watched is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, a film from uh, 1966 with uh, Elizabeth Taylor and her husband... Uh, if I can find him, Richard Burton, uh, also stores, stores, also stores, stars George Siegel, uh, who many will know as, um, the grandfather in the Goldbergs who just passed away this year. And then Sandy Dennis, uh, and you know, for those of you who don't know, it is a middle-aged couple who have a younger couple over for very late drinks at like 2 a.m. Mm. I didn't know people stayed up that late in the 60s. Of course. <laughs> and essentially, it is just th- people yelling. Uh, I see why people love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's very well acted, very well made, very well written. But I cannot stand movies where people just act super immature. 
Um, yeah. and, and like, that's the point. And that's on me. That's not on the movie. That's on me. So I didn't care for it too much, but I could, okay. un- I understand why people like it as much as they do. Uh, so yeah, that's who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. Uh, then I watched, rewatched Candyman because I, you know, now that I'm a dad, I go to the theater whenever I can, even if that means just for a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause daddy needs his addiction fixed. Oh, yeah. Scratch his neck slightly. Yeah. Uh, then I watched Dave, Dave made a maze. Uh, we'll get into that, you know, this episode cause mm-hmm. that's what it is. Then I watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You and I watched that together in IMAX. Uh, I beat up a little kid in the bathroom and elbowed there his is face. a, yes, elbowed his face. There is a review on that on our YouTube. Uh, yeah. Pile drive him right into the air, uh, the hand dryer. Completely understandable. Great. I don't know if I, I haven't watched wrestling since I was like ten. I don't even know if pile driver is what I what I mimed doing to you. Hey, um, it's not, but you know, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrestling word and what I did was a wrestling move. Uh-huh. That's all that matters. Uh but yeah, that's all I watched. Kid is unconscious. <laughs> he is he might be dead, honestly. <laughs> uh but yeah, he deserved it. Kid wouldn't shut up during the movie. Uh dear FBI and CIA and CPS people, this is a joke. Did not actually. Happen. I did not. I talked about it. I after coming out of the bathroom made a surprisingly nimble movement to, to, <laughs> you, to mime it. You really did. Um, you came like, at me. <laughs> I surprised myself with how nimble it was. But yeah, <laughs> you know, there's that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I watched. Uh, before we get into the movie, uh, you said you got some little news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, apparently, Stanley Tucci's been keeping a little secret from the world. Completely, <laughs> completely understandable. Yeah. Uh, three years ago, he actually had cancer at the base of his tongue. Yeah. Um, completely kept it a secret. Um, and apparently, uh, I think it said that he got treatment for it, and now it, it shouldn't come back up. Cool. Uh, which is really awesome because Stanley Tucci's an amazing person and actor. I love um, the Tooch. Yeah, who doesn't love the Tooch? Uh, it's, it's even yeah, it's even a little more heartbreaking when you uh, when you find out like I did that his first wife died from cancer. Oh yeah. Um, so that would uh, be absolutely horrible, and especially since the last movie that uh, I shall say me uh, watched was Supernova, which is basically him uh, I think getting dementia or something like that. It's just him being sick, and it was just really heartbreaking yeah. to see if that would have been his last movie that I saw. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Not what the is tooch. this tragedy, son <laughs> of a bitch? Yes. But yeah, it's it's uh, good to see that he is alive and well, and you know, still still doing the tooch, you know. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing the tooch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's great to hear. Great to hear that he's uh, healthy now. Um, and yeah, that, that's all you got, right? That is all I've got. Yes. All right. So yeah, this kind of made up for last week when we talked about stuff for like two, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into Dave made a maze. What the? Hey, baby! Welcome home! What is this? I built a labyrinth. Have you been working on this all weekend? Uh, I'm lost. It's cardboard. I know, but it's much bigger on the inside. I'm going into the maze. No! I don't want you to get lost! Okay, just ignore me. Do what you're doing. Put some music over this. It'll be a montage. It'll be awesome. Can we go in the maze now? Let's go! Stop! Go, 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 go! It is bigger. 
I can explain everything. No, I can't. Instead of trying to defeat the maze, we've got to complete the maze. We're not just doing that because it rhymes. Well, then how about instead of trying to diminish it, you guys help me finish it. Yes! Yes! He's back. Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career, builds a fort in his living room out of the pure frustrate out of pure frustration, only to wind up trapped by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. Uh, directed by Bill Watterson, uh, written by Steven Sears and Bill Watterson. It is starring Mira Rohit Kubani, Nick Thune, Adam Bush. James Urba- uh, Urbaniak, uh, Frank Cotty is in there, uh, and he, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much the only people of note. It's a very um, small cast. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And this, the reason I picked this, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, there was this video on what culture that was like the ten perfect movies or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Where they admitted, like in in technique, it was perfect. Maybe not necessarily the movie or story itself, but technique wise, it is perfect. Uh, And I could see why they thought that. This is a very uh, complete movie, look wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just based, you know, the entire set is cardboard for the most part, with the exception of the living room that the fort is in yep just the uh the apartment that they're they're living in yeah and i thought that you know while this movie definitely has flaws mm-hmm. i thought it was fun i thought it was a really fun time it, it it didn't take itself too seriously indeed and there's a lot of really cool moments in it that that were you know good you know, old fun a lot of good references too yes a lot of good references many of which i don't know if i was tired or whatever. I knew they were references, and I was just like, I don't remember what these are uh, references to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, where should we start with this? I mean, I That's feel like we got to start with the creativity. Oh yeah, the great creativity. Uh, so obviously, the concept of this is like this impossibly large cardboard maze that the titular character Dave, played by Nick Thune, makes, mm-hmm. and it almost seems like. They had a set designer come up to them, and be like, "Hey, I want to make a bunch of sets out of cardboard," and they're like, "Okay, we'll write a script about that." Yeah, because <laughs> because it was definitely like the set came first, and then the story later. Um, but you know that that's not really a, a, a huge problem for me. I thought it it was extremely creative the way they did it mm-hmm. from everywhere from like 
the little traps that were there to ha- <laughs> to the gore of the kills. Yeah, the, uh, um, the artisticness of it. Yeah, it was just a say. really fun movie artistically in, in that sense. Uh, you know, I was enjoying it for the most part, but when the first woman died and her head got cut off and all of her... <laughs> Her blood and guts is just confetti. Yeah, I was like, okay, this lo- is this is a cool movie. I, like I loved that. what she said right before she died. She's like, it's a fucking cocktail party in here, <laughs> and I'm the only one who stepped on this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Then, yeah the, the, there's and a the lot of trap sets off, and her neck yeah. gets slit open. And it's there's just a lot of uh, dialogue pointing ribbons. to the flaws and like the the actions that happen, where it's just like. You know, that's probably in the audience's head. Like, there's so many people in there, and she's the first one to step on that. That mm-hmm. you know, they just point that out, which I have to respect. Yeah. Um, the, I guess, not the moving plot of this, but uh, it this kind of makes it is is what moves it is the uh, documentary filmmaker trying to make a documentary about everything and just being super pretentious and annoying throughout, and that gave me such flashbacks for my documentary filmmaking class. Mm-hmm. Where like you have to tell everyone to repeat the question in their answer. Yeah, and I was just like, no, <laughs> no. Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe's um, dying on the ground. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of really funny things in this. Um, honestly, it's it's a hard movie to talk about because it is just like you have to see it to know what's going on, really. Yeah. Um, but. It had a lot of funny moments, too, where, uh, like, they are running through the maze, and they come across the thing that looks suspiciously like a vagina, Mm -hmm. and everyone just kind of gets lost looking at it. Yep. And (laughs) for, like, two minutes, one person after another gets, like, entranced by it, and someone's like, no, it's... It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> that's a trap. We got to go. Yeah, that's yeah, a trap. We it gotta just go. keeps hypnotizing them to come within yeah. it, and they're like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this this movie was really fun, especially creativity-wise goes. Um, it's basically the story of, uh, you know, Daedalus, the Greek, uh, you know, mythology story where he builds a maze and it's got a minotaur in it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, like, it's not too serious at all. It's just, yeah. it's just a comedy. It's got all those aspects, you know, except for, you know, yeah, Nick Thune didn't have to make this for a king or anything like that. Yeah, he, um, he made it because he was bored. Yeah, he just made it because <laughs> he was bored. Next thing you know, there's booby traps and, and stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, what's cr- what's crazy is I, I looked at uh, the little trivia thing, and it said they didn't pay for any of the cardboard in this at all. I believe that. And that, uh, I mean, that's crazy, but I still believe it. Yeah, they, uh, they, they were, like, taking it from, well, they obviously asked permission. They were taking it from stores that were just recycling it, and then they, they used it. They can only build two rooms at a time, too. Because uh, of the size of their soundstage? Yep. And, yeah, uh, that makes sense. So they could only build two rooms, and each one would last about an average of four hours before they had to build the next room and keep shooting. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool that they, they did all that. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, just the, the amount of, like, just the set design for it was so beautiful. Just, mm-hmm. like, how much shit and creativity you could put into it. The Just the, the little sculptures, shall we say, that they made and... You, they definitely put some time. They definitely put some effort, and it definitely paid off for sure. Yeah, definitely, uh, especially the Minotaur. The Minotaur was crazy looking. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I don't want to, you know, shit talk it because it was a cool design, but it was definitely like 
for lack of a better word, lazy. Because mm-hmm. there's just like, hey, let's just put a head on him, put some cufflinks on him that were made out of cardboard. Let's just get this ripped guy. And then just a really guy. buff dude. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I, it would have been kind of cool to see a completely cardboard figure. Yeah. But I completely understand why they're, you know, they're just like, this is good. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been pretty hard to. I mean, they could have put a guy in it still, but I was gonna say it could have been hard to move around in it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, the, going back to some of the references, my favorite one was, "You fuck my wife." What is that from? I know. It's from I... Raging Bull. Oh, that's right. You f- <laughs> <laughs> they just there's this scene where they uh, where one of the rooms kind of has them going into like this old black and white like hazy tv style mm-hmm. and uh, the nick thune and um uh, adam bush turn to each other and they're like hey, hey look at this you fuck my wife and they just go <laughs> into their de niro impressions that's funny <laughs> it's so funny oh yeah you fuck my wife and they just kept going back and forth and eventually at some point the uh, the cameraman gets like kind of ensnared in a trap uh that they pretty much started too um and his final words were you fucked my wife, <laughs> and yeah, then gets yeah. gobbled up by the maze. Yeah, there are a lot happened. of are a lot of really good references. Uh, speaking of the cameraman, him and the boom operator were by far my favorite characters, mm-hmm. and the director too, uh, James Urbaniak. Um, and that's just because I connected them with, with the most. There were little yeah. reference jokes in there uh, that were, you know, reminiscent of my film school days. Um, pretty much any time the director would speak it was something that i remembered from film school uh where you know there even things like oh we're gonna put a, a fill light on her at, just to to you know fill her fill, fill out her face and then uh getting a white balance and like mm-hmm. you know when people people don't realize how stupid and archaic some film techniques are like literally to get a white balance you hold up a white piece of paper and balance the camera to it there's mm-hmm. nothing fancy about it. it like you you would think that there's this this huge board or whatever and they have those but like you don't need you don't it. need it you yeah. just need a white piece of paper and it's uh it just it just little things like that and, and <laughs> the, the the boom operator running with the boom mic mm-hmm in my sound class, we had to do that where we had to just like follow someone and because everyone is just trying to fuck everyone up because you're, you're paired with your classmates. Like they would just run and so yeah. we would just see who could outrun the boom operator. <laughs> I tell you what, as someone uh, who did it recently, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And, and you not to, you know, diminish your work, but you technically were on a shotgun mic, not a boom mic. Yeah. It's even harder when you have a boom mic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's just little things like that just made me so happy just remembering all that and uh, i don't know this movie was very nostalgic for me even though you know it's the film aspect of it is a very little part of the story it's the driving force of the story but it's a very little part of the story Mm -hmm. Uh, because the whole story is about this guy who's like not happy with where he is in his life but just the little bits that they added the little jokes i felt like were just for me and i really enjoyed that aspect it's just uh, i I found myself smiling at those things and be like there are so many people that will have no idea what the fuck's going on with that (laughs) yeah i mean that that's it's what made it work though yeah uh, it's just it was different for i guess the average person you know yeah um the one thing that i really uh, enjoyed was how short of a runtime it had because if it was any longer, I'd probably oh, kind of yeah. be bored with it. Yeah, uh, not I, saying that it wasn't a fun movie or anything. I, I I did 
find it hilarious and it was funny and creative as shit. Yeah, but there was there was a solid 15, 20 minutes where it kind of felt like it was overstaying its welcome. Yeah. But then it changed it up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I, I'm glad that they made it a feature because it's more accessible as a feature. Yeah. But it probably, you know, if you're trying to make a very tight, movie mm-hmm. probably around 45 50 minutes is all that was needed yeah but i mean regardless great movie so yeah f- so funny but uh I, I don't know how much necessarily more there is to talk yeah, about for me i, I mean, mean the, each room had its had its own uh feeling had its own events happening and it was just really fun but we, mm-hmm. you know we can't talk about each single room or yeah like that. one room i do want to point out is the uh, the the room was probably I probably laughed the hardest at this room just because it is just like absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The room that was a smaller cardboard maze within yeah. the big cardboard <laughs> maze, and he was just like, "Yeah, I haven't finished it." And everyone just kept talking to him. He was like, "He's, I haven't finished it yet." It's just like I haven't finished it, and they're just yeah. like, "You haven't finished the big one yet." <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was a really fun movie. The the one the first room that they go in that has like the you know they're kind of walking through the the chest high mm-hmm. paper junk and the the giant statue man just spitting it out yeah one of the I first was, rooms they yeah were in. yeah i was i was really worried that that was gonna turn into the disposal part of star wars yeah and it, it kind of referenced that a little bit but i'm glad that like the walls didn't start closing in yeah because uh, I, I, like, I got those same vibes from that yeah i thought if the walls had started closing in it would have been too much of a like uh on on the nose reference yeah with that um, one i was i was getting worried that it would be the whole movie being references like that yeah and i'm glad it wasn't because uh, yeah that would have been for 120 minutes, reference to reference, that would have been pretty crazy. Like on the nose references too, yeah. not just like, like the Raging Bull one, which I knew I had seen, but I didn't yeah. remember where it was. You fucked my um, wife. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't. Like, this is, I guess, is going to be a really short episode because I really don't have anything else to say. Hey, that's it's, all right. it's a fun movie with great artistry with the 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 cardboard design. Uh, if you're a filmmaker or have been to film school or even like a film study class, you will enjoy the subtle jokes. And, you know, I know people that are like the director, cameraman and boom operator in this. So it's just uh, it was fun for me. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really fun, too. Just an overall good time. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I guess that takes us to the judgment. As always, mm-hmm. it has to be a unanimous decision whether or not this becomes a little shelf boy, goes on the shelf with all our other KFR shelf buddies, uh, with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, it's, I picked it, so it's my turn to go first. Um, whew, this is tough. Because it's not like... I'm going to surprise myself with what I'm going to say. So Ooh, okay. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll let okay. you go, but I'll... Uh... Well, that makes me think you're going to put it on, so... <laughs> No. Um, no. What? No. <laughs> it's it's a fun movie. Like it's it's different. I enjoyed it. It's not the greatest acting or written movie, mm-hmm. but it's a fun movie. The artistry in itself, you know, if if you want to see what set designers can do with just cardboard, this is the I'm going to use this and then I'm going to Google it afterwards see if it's right. The crew d'etat. Let's see. Crew d'etat. Let's see. Yeah, we all know I don't know that fucking word, so. (laughs) (laughs) It it is not. 
So what I was trying to say is that is like the 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 best example of it. But crudita is a French appetizer consisting of sliced. And I, and if we're gonna be fair, that is something that I would say. <laughs> uh, so I feel like I've heard people say that for like saying that that is this is the best example. Anyway, to this some is people, the best. That e- could be the thing. <laughs> yeah, this is the best example for uh, what set designers can do and how a set designer can really sell a film. Because mm-hmm. any lesser set designers, this movie probably would have been shit. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm going to say it goes on the shelf because, you know, it's it's really fun and it's cool to look at. I'm going to say the same. Um, the artistry is the biggest thing yeah. for me. Um, I, if, if you put that much effort into a movie, you know, just at least the set design, and you can come out making me laugh a good chunk of times and I, mm-hmm. I don't get too bored with it. it, it you, you deserve to be on the shelf. Come yeah. on. It's it's just, it's a fun movie. Just if, like, even if you're just kind of like sitting down like, well, I want to put something on. Let's put this on. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. It passes a good hour and 20 minutes and each room you're going to be like, that's a lot of fucking cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it's fun and it's different too. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not going to see anything like it probably ever again. So it stands out in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we both said it's on the shelf. So Dave made a maze, becomes a little shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid. And that brings us to our plugs for the, this week. Uh, because it was my week, I go first for this as well. Uh, as we have stated several times, we have both seen Candyman, the, the uh, Nia DaCosta one that is out in theaters now. Uh, we have a review for that on our YouTube channel. And there was a video that I watched before we did that review, and I referenced a little bit uh, on BuzzFeed Unsolved Network called The True Story Behind Candyman. And it just kind of goes behind the history of Cabrini Green and how the, uh, you know, the urban myth of something similar to Candyman mm-hmm. came to be. And, you know, m- murders that were referenced in the original Candyman and are based on true stories. So it kind of just goes into that. So that is on the BuzzFeed Unsolved Network video called The True Story Behind Candyman. Candyman, 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 Candyman. As stated in the 1992 film. No one ever got past four. As saying his name a fifth time would summon a vengeful, hook-wielding serial murderer. Though possibly just an urban legend, the real-life connections of Candyman are in many cases far more horrifying than a scary movie. And it's just an interesting uh, little 13-minute video. Although, go. I will admit, I'm not a huge fan of the narrator's voice. Sounds like he's trying too hard, but, yeah. you know, maybe well, he's new. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> it's good. Like, the information's good, and he's not terrible. I just... Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of a nitpicker when it comes to voiceover. Hey, so, that's okay. Yeah. I so still that's, love you. I love you too. That's my plug. All right. Uh, mine's going to be a little different from that. Uh, so I, I got, like I said, I was on a Bill Burr kick this week. Um, mm-hmm. And it all started off because I like to listen to podcasts while I'm at work because, dear God, am I bored steaming and cleaning things all the time. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Bill Burr's little Boston voice in my... Uh, my little ear craniums uh, is a great way to soothe that uh, boredom. And so, <laughs> dear God. Uh, so on um, Conan O'Brien's podcast, uh, he he was one of the guests. Uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Episode Bill Burr was the most, I think, one of the most recent ones for sure. Mm. Uh, 
and those those two are hilarious together. The way the way Conan kind of eggs uh, Bill Burr into his jokes sometimes. Oh yeah, is, is they're they're such a they're pretty good duo when it comes to that. Like he'll just he'll just set them up because you you know Bill Burr for his just tenacity, and Conan yeah. just sets him up for it, and it's so funny. I just notice things were they just looked shitty in the 70s they just did when i was growing up all cops you know that i would see all the boston cops were heavy guys that just didn't look happy or look good and now i walk around policemen for the most part are in very good shape you know something changed yeah they have instagram pages yeah (laughs) when they're not wearing the uniform it's like what's up with those man tits you fat fuck So now they all they get they everybody's getting shamed on, uh, on dude. I'm wearing a hoodie right now because even just the the weight I am right now because we had three birthdays in my family this month. So I've been eating cake like almost every single night, which has been great. But you know, at my age, it's just over. So I put on you know put on like ten pounds or something. So now I'm shaming myself wearing the hoodie. So uh, that's gonna be my plug. Is Conan needs a friend episode? Bill Burr, the, one of the most cool. very recent ones. I know. I think he's been on there a few times. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Uh, so those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is little Glenjamin Button's turn. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Glenn, will you tell the children what their assignment is for this week? I will. And I'm sorry if you don't have either HBO Max, Apple TV renting, or Criterion Channel. Uh, but listen, I, this is one of the movies that I've been wanting to watch for a long time because it's got my beloved boy Jackie Chan in it. Mm. Uh, and and I've been on, I've been on, I've been wanting to watch some more kung fu type movies here lately after Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I've, so Police Story is our choice this week. Well, my choice this week. The 1985 film, Police Story. Uh, I didn't have... Oh, it's also directed by Jackie Chan. That's news to me. Yeah. Written and directed by... Ja- and stars Jackie Chan! Wow. Holy shit. A, a virtuous uh, Hong Kong police officer must clear his good name when the drug lord he is after frames him for the murder of a dirty cop. Ooh. And like I said, it's directed, written, and starring Jackie Chan. It's also uh, executive producer's Chi Hua Chen. Uh, uh, executive director. What did I say? You said producer. Did I? Because executive director is not normally a thing. So Fuck it. <laughs> and it's also written by Edward Tang. Uh, it also stars Mag- Maggie Chung and uh, Brigitte Lin? Bridget Lin, maybe? Uh, or Brigitte, I don't know. Brigitte. There's a, like a thousand ways you can pronounce that name. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. Never got mm-hmm. around to it. And hey, now's our chance. So yes. there we go. So that is on Criterion Channel, HBO Max, and you could probably rent it many places if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Police Story with Jackie Chan. Ooh. Jackie Chan. That is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film facebook keystone film review youtube and tiktok keystone film review i think are you still doing that 
Eventually, yeah. <laughs> I know, on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch Jackie Chan, I'm assuming, kill people with his pinky. He usually does that. Yeah, he usually does, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes Even when the cameras are off. He, uh, he, uh, he, he's wanted for a lot of murders, mm-hmm. allegedly. Not really allegedly. This is a joke. Please don't sue us, Mr. Chan. <laughs> Technically speaking, my stepsister-in-law's name is Jackie Chan. So, uh, we're family, I guess? Bye! <laughs>